Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 42 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Schick. The Blue Shirts will be back in action tonight at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The puck drops at 7 o'clock at the Garden. It will be Alex Georgiev in net for the Rangers, and he will be opposed by Frederick Anderson. And a big game for the Rangers tonight, coming in on the two-game losing streak. They got to get this thing turned around. And Coach Quinn has made no bones about it. You know, he really wants this team to make the playoffs this year. That is a huge, huge goal for this team. And we'll see if that affects how the Rangers might approach the trade deadline. Because if they are going to, you know, really dig in and really push for the playoffs, then maybe that means that somebody like Chris Kreider is less likely to be on the move. But we'll keep an eye on all that. We'll keep our ear to the ground as far as rumors are concerned. And we're going to have a special guest on the show today. Mr. Kevin LaBella is going to be joining us. Kevin is a good friend of mine. We've met through, you know, I've talked about 311 on here before and all the special events that they do. They do, you know, the 311 Cruise. That's where we got our theme song from. Pacifier was a band on the 311 Cruise. And they also do 311 Day every two years, which is just basically a concert that goes on forever. And basically, you know, you go to all these events and you start seeing the same people there. You know, people come from all over the country and really all over the world. Kevin, a big 311 fan as well, and one of the biggest New York Ranger fans you will ever meet. And he's been working in the professional sports industry for about 15 years, give or take. And he's going to be on in just a minute here. And we're going to talk a little bit of Rangers hockey, maybe even a little bit of MLB mixing, maybe a little bit of music mixing. We'll, we'll see what we get into. Kevin also plays in a band of his own, and they have actually performed several times, I believe three times, on the 311 Cruise. They are called the Unity All-Stars, and they play a ton of great music. They play songs by, you know, 311, Revolution, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, The Dirty Heads, just to name a few. They are awesome. They get better every time you see them. Kev is the lead singer of Unity All-Stars. He also plays some guitar and some trumpet as well. And like I said, you know, they put on a great live show. They always tend to play really late on those 311 cruises, so they kind of have the honor of, you know, shutting everything down for, for the night and really for the whole trip as well. And now before we bring Kevin in here, I just also wanted to point out that this will now be the seventh game out of the last 10 that Alex Georgiev is in net for the Rangers. Now, Lundqvist was dealing with a minor ailment, and that cost him three games, and, and Georgiev started all three of those games. But bottom line, Georgiev has been the man lately. He's clearly outplayed Lundqvist, and we'll see. This could be a little bit of a changing of the guard for the Rangers, or it could just be the continuation of the hot hand approach that they have employed thus far this season. I lean a little bit toward the latter. I wouldn't say that Lundqvist has been banished, you know, to the bench, and he's only going to play, you know, a couple of times a month going forward, but I do think that, you know, the opportunity is there for Georgiev, and if he plays well again tonight, then maybe he's back in net, you know, in the next game as well. Although after tonight, the Rangers will have a back-to-back. They will be in action again at the Garden at 12.30 against the Anaheim Ducks on Sunday. And then they will play again on Monday at the Philadelphia Flyers. The first matchup with the Flyers this season at 7 p.m. So probably a safe assumption that each goalie will get one of those games. We'll see how they want to play it, who plays which game. All right, so without further ado, please welcome my guest at this time, Mr. Kevin LaBella. Kevin, how are we doing today, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I know we were talking on Facebook about, you know, a couple of the different topics that we wanted to get into here today. And one idea that you had that I thought was awesome was, uh, you know, who would be the next Ranger captain? So, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go first, man. I have, I have a couple options I, I kind of wrote down for this. But, I mean, the floor is yours. Who, who wears the C next for the Rangers? You know, honestly, I think they would go the rest of this entire season without naming a captain. But 
just seeing the leadership out on the ice and everything that's been going on this season when he's been hurt and when he hasn't been hurt, I think all signs point to Mika Zibanejad getting the C on his, on his shirt. But, uh, you know, I think there's, they got a couple viable candidates, you know, I think Kreider would be a decent choice as he's probably one of the longest tenured guys they have there right now. Yeah. And has, you know, he's proven throughout the playoffs over the last few years, you know, when they have made the playoffs that he, uh, he's a leader out there on the ice. Um, however, depending on how the rest of the season goes, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to see who's even left on this roster, depending on what they do at the deadline this year. Yeah, that's where it gets tricky because, you know, you look at Kreider and it, I think there's a fair to good chance that he's going to be traded. You know, it would just kind of fit in line with what the Rangers have been doing. They've been, you know, kind of trading the veteran players and trying to get younger and, you know, stockpile draft picks and all that good stuff. But, you know, another a guy I wanted to mention is maybe like a little bit of a dark horse candidate, I think, would be Jesper Faust. But I think that it's also he's kind of in the same boat as Kreider because they both are free agents at the end of the season. And I don't know if they're going to be with the Rangers long term. But I, I just, the, yeah, the reason the reason I put Foss out there is just because, you know, he, he's a grinder. You know, he's made it to the NHL on, you know, hustle and grit more than anything else. And he's just one of those guys, man. You know, he never takes a night off. He never takes a shift off. And he actually, you know, you don't think of Foss as like, you know, a veteran, but he's one of the longest, I'd say at least four or five tenured Rangers they, that they have right now. So it, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, maybe a little bit of a dark horse candidate there. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. You know, and, and like you said, it, it'd be interesting to see how long he's around for um i also think it's a little difficult when you get to guys that aren't in your top six forwards um you know they're not on the ice as much and and you know they're not able to have those discussions with the refs because they're not out there but he does get a lot of power play time and a lot of penalty kill time too but but like you said he i'm sure in the locker room they look at him as a leader and I don't think he'd be a bad choice. I just, I worry about who gets to see because of the history of it, you know? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. McDonough going to Tampa, Callahan going to Tampa. You know, I understand the moves. You know, the McDonough thing was different than the Callahan was. McDonough, he wanted to stay. They had to get rid of him. You know, they had to make yep. that move. Now, the return on that move has proven to be absolutely disgraceful, what they got back <laughs> for him. Yes, yes, it has. But then you go and look at Callahan, and his was more, uh, hey, you're not offering me enough money right now. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of things that come with being the captain of the Rangers, you know. Obviously, you can't call yourself the king of New York because, you know, that's Hank. But That's taken, yeah. You know, even just looking at somebody like Jeter, you know, there's a lot of responsibility being the the head of a team in New York and, you know, a lot of off the ice stuff that comes with that. And and I thought Callahan was doing a great job at the time. And I was really bummed out when he, you know, they couldn't reach a extension on his contract. And then, you know, they really didn't have a choice. He kind of forced their hand to trade him. But at least they got some kind of return for him as opposed to McDonough. Yeah, no, and and you make a good point there. I mean, you want it to be somebody who you know is going to be on the Rangers for a long time, and I think that's why you know we're both hesitant to go with either you know Foss or Kreider. I mean, they're they're decent picks, but you know they may not be there long term. But let me throw one more name out there for you, and then then we'll jump into something else. But any any thoughts on Artemi Panarin? And I, I realize you know he's new to New York; it's just his first year there, you know, and he's under enough of a you know magnifying glass as it is. But any chance that he wears the C next season? 
I mean, I think with the contract that he just signed, that's a logical choice because, you know, he is locked up for as long as he is right now. Yep. Um, and clearly he's shown to be that he is the best player on the team right now. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's leading goals, assists, and points across the board. Yeah. Um, and just watching him, you know, he's. I, I feel like he really watches Ovechkin. You know, he, he – I see a lot of that power play – hanging in the top of that circle over there. You know, I, I see a lot of that. And, that you know, I don't think it would be a bad choice. I just – I worry with the language barrier, how vocal he is. And, you know, he still is young. And, but he, you know, starting out with Chicago, you know, he played under one of the best captains of all time. You know, Taze yep. is one of the, you know, best leaders in hockey. You know, I know Chicago's struggling, but I don't think that's really, you know, his leadership that is – you know, any direct cause of that, but uh, I, I don't yeah. think that'd be a bad choice, but I, I think I'd rather see Mika get it and then, you know, have Panarin get the A. Yeah, I think, I think I'm with you there. I think Mika's probably the best choice. Just want to take a quick minute to let you guys know that today's Locked On podcast is sponsored by Breaking Tea. If you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Again, breakingtea, the letter T, dot com slash locked on. Just one other point about Panarin. The other thing that I kind of like him, and, and, you know, maybe he'd be good as an alternate captain for this reason, but, you know, he's very, he's kind of laid back out there. He has a lot of fun playing the game. He's chill. And, you know, the Rangers, obviously a tremendously young team. So he kind of almost would be like kind of a calming influence on the guys. I think like, yeah, you know, it's all right. We're going to be okay, guys. We're going to bounce back. You know, that that kind of a leadership role. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, that wouldn't be a bad choice. And, you know, they got they got some good choices. And yeah. even last year, I started even giving Brady Shea some consideration. Just, you know, kind of the repeat direction they went with with McDonough. Um, you know, because obviously McDonough's play in the in the playoffs really showed his leadership abilities. And, and you know, in 2014 when they went to the finals, and you know he played through the injuries. And then uh, you know when they lost to Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know he couldn't even come out till after the first period because his foot wasn't frozen yet. That was completely broken. And you know, I think yeah. that that really showed the guys in the locker room how bad he wanted it. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I thought Shea was going in that direction, but I feel like from what I've seen this year, you know, he's taken quite a bit of a step back, and you know, he he doesn't even play on the top pair. Yeah, all you the know, time he's, and he's kind of plateaued a little bit. You know, it looked like he was about to become a star, and I mean, he's okay, and you know, he's I think he's played a little bit better in in the very recent short term but he had a game against the senators earlier this season where it was probably the rangers worst game of the season they lost four to one and yeah, I, know I just which game you're talking about <laughs> yeah 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 and i i just don't know what he was doing out there man i mean he looked like he had never played hockey before and I, I do think he's been a little bit better since that night but yeah you know brady shea a guy that i think the rangers need to get a little bit more out of you know had they not um parted ways with shattenkirk i think uh shattenkirk would have been a logical choice there and you know it was tough to see that buyout because we really didn't get to see the fruit of that deal kind of kind of come into fruition or develop at all there. Um, and he's playing phenomenal in Tampa. You know, I, I, I really liked how he tried to quarterback the power play, but how many times do I got to watch a guy take the puck from behind the net and turn it over before getting it into the offensive zone? <laughs> yeah. So frustrating. But 
then you look at a guy who's taken his spot, like Jacob Truba. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that we're probably going to have for, you know, four or five years or so. And, you know, he clearly is a leader and he's on the ice a lot. And, you know, that's, that's also another dark horse direction they may want to go there. But I think, you know, if you were going to go defense, he'd be your top choice. And he blows Brady Shea out of the water in that, in that discussion. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Truba, you always think of him as an offensive defenseman, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy makes things happen, and he's great on the power play as well. But, you know, he'll throw his weight around a little bit, too. He's no slouch on the, on the other side of the ice. He's, he's played a really physical style of hockey, you know, especially recently. So you like to see that as well. Yeah, I mean, coming from Winnipeg, uh, that team, you know, I wouldn't say so much this year. But, you know, while they had Bufflin and Kane when he was still over there, um, you know, before Buffalo threw uh, his clothes in the shower and they dumped him over to <laughs> Buffalo, you know, they, that, that team plays a very physical style of hockey and they're, they're very exciting. And that, uh, yeah. you know, coming without guys like Shifley and stuff, you know, he's had a lot of experience playing uh, that, that grinded out style. And, you know, being an offensive defenseman is always clutch. You know, you look at guys like Leach and, you know, that we've had in the past that, that really kill it offensively. But he plays great defense. You're right. I mean, he, yeah. you know, I nothing better you like seeing than that guy hip check the guy into the boards as he's trying to come into the zone. And, you know, he defends that blue line very well. I, you know, the whole team, I, you see defensive lapses a lot. Um, it, it, there's times where I'm watching that. It's so frustrating. It's like, what are these guys doing out there right now? But again, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's still early, I guess. The, you know, it's the a young team. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you see, usually the standings don't change much after Thanksgiving is the general rule that we see a lot. But, you know, then you see a team do what St. Louis did last year. That was the worst team in hockey at New Year's and then go on to win the whole thing. So, you know, it's pretty unpredictable. But, again, I think they're a couple years away from being anything special right now. But, you know, I think they could get in, snatch a wild card spot and, you know, possibly rattle some cages in the first round, but I don't think you'll quite see anything like, you know, what Carolina did last year. Yeah, but, no, I agree. I take down I think, a big dog. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've been talking about it on, on this podcast as well. You know, I think that, you know, it might be a photo finish this year. It might really come down to the last one or two or three games for the Rangers as far as making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. And even if, you know, obviously you get there, you want to make some noise, you, you want to, you know, maybe score that first round upset and, and just see what happens. But I think just getting in would be so big because there's so many players on this team who don't know what it's like to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I, I just think, you know, you look at like maybe the Avalanche from a couple of years ago. They, they were a tremendously young team, and I, I think they were the second wild card, so they barely got in. But once and they they lost in the first round but you know now we're just two years later and we're talking about them as like a stanley cup contending team and a team that figures to make a deep playoff run so i i just think it could be so big just for the rangers to get into the playoffs regardless of what happens yeah and i think that's an excellent comparison um you know a lot of similarities with the uh, the youngness of those teams and then you know looking at that as team you know how old is landis now 25 you know he's yeah, been captain for three or four years now so you know he's i think he proves that if you want to go a young route, slapping the C on somebody's chest, that uh, that's not necessarily a bad option. But out here, man, it's Avs fever out here right now. Um, people, it's it's pretty fair weather out here in Denver. Um, obviously, the Nugs are good right now, and people are excited about it. And the Avs are good, and people are excited about it. And uh, you know, Pepsi Center is almost selling out every night. 
But you know, two two weeks of a bad stretch, and and the fans will kind of taper yeah, well, off there a little bit. Now, if you would say, because and for anyone listening, Kevin here lives in Colorado. But I mean, what is is that a football town? Is it a hockey town? Is it a base? What's what's like if you had to say it? it you know, they're into one team more than the others. Who do you think it's it the, would be? It's the Broncos for sure. Even with um, with how they're struggling, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, these, yeah. they're very loyal to the Broncos. Um, yeah, they. Everybody out here thinks John Elway was, you know, God out here. <laughs> um, now he's in charge of that team, and it's not going so well right now. And right. you know, they're they're talking about possibly, you know, making a move in their front office. And I think they'll still have ties with Elway, but I think they need to get somebody in there to really run the team. Um, however, the Rockies, who, you know, they went to the playoffs two years ago, knocked the Cubs off in the wild card game. And then came back to play a three-game series against Milwaukee. And I don't think they scored a run. I think maybe one run over the three games. And uh, I remember that. Yeah, they got swept. Two two games got swept. It just wasn't good. However, Coors Field is so nice. And it's it's such a good thing to do out here. Go to the games. And it's in a nice spot downtown. It's getting developed really nicely now. The Rockies sell a lot of tickets, even when they're bad. Yeah. They sell a lot of tickets, so it seems like management doesn't, you know, obviously they locked up Nolan to a long-term deal, but now it sounds like they're taking, you know, calls about moving him. Um, and again, that's kind of how it is out here. Anybody with a big contract is the first person on the chopping block, but they sell a lot of tickets, and it seems like yeah. their their management doesn't do a lot because they know that they're going to sell tickets. Have Have they not been selling as well as they do i think management will be a little more inclined to actually get some pitching out here but again the pitchers don't like coming out here because they get shellacked of course um, yeah they do use the humidor still i've seen it it works it clearly shows the numbers work but again it's a big ballpark so you get a lot of doubles and triples out here um, a lot of high scoring games um but o- overall it's it's definitely a broncos town for sure these people out here, just they love their Broncos. I mean, I got a lot of friends that have season tickets, and even when they're two and ten, or uh, you know, five and ten, they they're there every week tailgating. They sell yeah. out every game. No, that's awesome. Tough. It's cool that there's such a cool culture there around. You know, the team, even when they're not doing so hot. Yeah, one of the big things out here right now, the whole uh, Avalanche and Altitude deal with uh, Comcast and. Dish Network. So basically, the Avalanche are not on TV out here unless you have Dish Network. Or sorry, DirecTV is the only one that signed their deal. Altitude let their deal with the top three cable providers expire at the same time. And come the start of basketball and hockey season, the channel is no longer carried on two of the biggest cable providers. And I work for Comcast, so... I'm a little biased in the whole thing, and I, you know, obviously my allegiance is to my job. But you know, their the ownership, the Crunky, he he's a billionaire, and he keeps preaching about how Comcast and Dish Network are trying to stick it to the little guy. And you know, I, I don't understand how a billionaire could be acting like he's the little guy when, in reality, it was terrible business practice having your television contracts with your three major television providers expire and not have a backup plan. And the worst part about it is 
now they'll kick the Nuggets or uh, the Avs, you know, during the week. You know how sometimes you get like the Thursday or Friday night game on a local channel? Yep. Um, you know, when they, they stick the Yankees on PIX or UPN, um, they'll, they'll put the Avs or Nuggets on, and then they're constantly running this ticker across the bottom. Don't take my altitude. And given Comcast's number and given Dish Network's number, <laughs> DirecTV wow. finally got a deal with them after about a week um, into the Nuggets season. But it's, you know, it's funny that they, they keep running these tickers for these cable networks, but anybody who has these cable networks can't see those tickers. So it's kind of, they're wasting their time. Do, you know, if you're at a bar yeah. and you see it, yeah, you could do something about it. But you're never going to see that in your house when you would actually make that call. So it's kind of, I don't know, takes up too much room on the bottom of the screen. No, I hear Just you, man. I hear you. Running Comcast number off for two hours during a basketball game. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one other thing, I want to get your take on this. And we, we were even talking on Facebook chat about this for a little while, you know, before we even you know started recording here today. But the Rangers goalie situation. Now, obviously, you got three guys that you want to be on the team right now, Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Shesterkin. Um, how do you handle this if you're in charge? I mean, are you looking to move Georgiev so that you can get Shesterkin, or do you just leave Shesterkin in the minors? I mean, what what is your ideal scenario here with these with these three guys? I think at some point you have to see Shesterkin uh, up yeah. here this year. Um, you know, you mentioned to me that he's got video game numbers, and I did a little research. And <laughs> you were absolutely right. I mean, his numbers are absolutely incredible. Um, and then you do a little more research, and you look back at his KHL numbers. Now, he played for Putin's team. I don't really want to get into that whole thing, but yeah, no, you we'll, know, those, we'll numbers, <laughs> those numbers could be a little skewed with the way those games are handled. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, he is the career leader in goals against and career leader in save percentage in the KHL. And there's been a lot of great goalies that have played out there. So yeah. you'd like to see what this kid could do. Um, you know... AHL and KHL are one thing, but you know, NHL is a whole different ball game when you got OV sitting in that corner over there who, you know, Hank knows he's there and Hank knows that he's going to be taking that shot on the power play. And he still scored more goals against Hank than anybody in his career. Yep. So, you know, I would hate to see Hank get moved um, as, you know, obviously he's got the full no move clause um, and he's, he is the leader of that team. Honestly, I wouldn't be sad if they stuck to see on Hank, but yeah, I it, it's it's an option. You know, it's one of those things. Like I, I think teams just kind of figure that goalies have enough on their plate. Yeah, and that's you know, that's, so that's, that's like, absolutely right. That's that's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't know. And, and you, you know, you mentioned Lundqvist. When we were talking about that. You know, is there any chance that they move Lundqvist? And obviously, he would have to give the thumbs up to any deal. But I mean. Is there any part of you? And I know we both we're both Lundqvist fans. We both love the guy. We both want to see him finish his career in New York. But is there any part of you that wants to see him, you know, get dealt to like a team in the Western Conference and maybe whether as a starter or a backup or even in a timeshare, maybe he gets a chance to chase a Stanley Cup on a team that's, you know, more likely to win one this year than the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't really think the way the Rangers are set up right now that, you know, they're going to make any deep runs in the next year or two and you know he's no spring chicken anymore but he does have a you know pretty good term left on his deal right now um i really that's that's a tough one i mean yeah, i, I wouldn't, I wouldn't if, if they had to make the move you know like i said before you had to come to terms with it with mcdonough and callahan and everybody that plays for tampa these days um 
so I would hate to see it, but I would love for him to get his cup. You know, I, I got to see him. I was standing there watching him give up that goal in LA to Alec Martinez and watched the Kings get presented that Stanley cup on the ice and watching him lay face down in that crease for about a full minute after giving up that goal. It was mm -hmm. sad to see, but if he's going to get one, I don't think it's going to be with New York. Um, now I've seen quite a bit of news about them trying to move Georgiev and, you know, you don't know who's actually in the right with some of that stuff, but it sounds like if anybody's going to move, it's going to be him. I've been hearing uh, possibly Toronto's taking a look at him. I know Freddie Anderson hasn't been great. You know, I don't think he's going to go and take over a starting role, but he sure gives you a solid backup. I've been hearing San Jose maybe for a, a pick and a player. And then again, you know, what kind of return are you going to get back for somebody like Gorgiev? You know, it might be good because he's young and doesn't have a big contract as opposed, you know, you move Hank, you're going to you maybe have to eat some of his salary or take a dead contract back in the swap. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's the issue there with Hank as well is, I mean, I, I think he's making I talked about this not long ago. I think it's like seven million this year and then like five million next year. Yeah, and they did like, taper it off at the back end a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit front loaded. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how many teams are going to be looking to, uh, you know, I mean, he's 37 years old. I mean fair game to say he's past his prime i don't know how many teams are going to be looking to take that contract on even if the rangers you know are looking to move him and, and even if he would be willing to be moved yeah i mean every time i hear the sharks name come up you know the sharks are always uh you know second third in the west uh in in their division even and, and you know they're always around and and you know it's again another team that just lost their captain let pavelski go but you know they still got a, a great leadership over there with uh, Thornton and and the rest of those guys, and and you know you got incredible players like Hurdle that you know obviously you saw what he when he retired Marty Biron what he's capable of, yeah, uh, with the between um, the legs move. But uh, you know you can't. So last year when they were in the playoffs, they're showing numbers of the goalies that were in there, and Marty Jones was by far the worst goalie in the playoffs before they even got to the playoffs. I mean. It's amazing you see a starting goalie in that position with a 3-2 goals against and, a, you know, 8-90 save percentage. Those goalies usually are not in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have a goalie like that in the playoffs, you're already starting, you know, way, way behind the eight ball. Because especially as you mentioned, you know, there aren't goalies like that in the playoffs. So presumably, you know, the team you're against has a far better goalie. And every single game, you know, you're you're starting, you know, behind the eight ball. And, you know, you've got, you've got a mountain to climb to overcome that. And Yeah, it, and again... You look at teams like Boston right now. I mean, honestly, they're they're probably the best team in hockey right now. We're just watching their play, you know, offensive and defensively. They they're playing amazing, but honestly, Tuca has not been playing great. Halak has been the better of the two. And, you know, it's almost you look at what Washington did two years ago, you know, they finally flipped it over and thought they were going to go with Grubauer over Holpe when they started those playoffs. And then, you know, Grubauer loses two and then Holpe comes in and wins 16 and, and, yeah. and wins a cup. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of teams are, I, I think you're seeing the second goalie become, you know, a lot, a lot more valuable than, than they have been in the past and getting a lot more starts. You know, you're not seeing a guy rip off 55 starts anymore, like a Brodeur or a Wai or a Hoshek used to. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's a, it's a different style of game now. And that second goalie is extremely important. And that's why I think the Rangers are lucky to be in the position they're in. Although, you know, yeah, I know it's tough that you got three guys you want to play, but in reality, 
you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing when all three guys are good. And, you know, Gorgiev's been hit or miss here this year, but mostly positive. And I think his trade value is high. So if they're going to move him, they better do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another good point that you made there is, you know, his value is very high right now because he's played very well recently. And it's kind of a catch-22. Like, I don't want to see them trade him because, oh, shoot, what do we have here? Maybe Georgiev's, you know, a really good goalie. But at the same time, you know, teams, other teams are watching him as well. And it's like, well, you know, maybe maybe you trade him now while his value's higher than it's ever going to be. You know, it, it's a tough yeah. call. It really is. I, I think that's that's probably the right move, and that's probably what you'll see happen this year. And And, again, it's just tough when – you know, you you go on a five-year stretch or four-year stretch like the Rangers had, being in the playoffs, being in the Eastern Conference, getting to the Cup. Yep. And and then, you know, it's tough to watch these guys go. It's a, you know, it's a different it's a different beast these years with, with some of these trades. You know, working for the NHL Network, you know, we do full-on, uh, you know, full-on trade deadline coverage and full-on um, free agency day coverage. So I'm there watching all these deals break and, and you know the mcdonough one was funny because it was like that deal didn't come in till after the deadline it was like are we going to make it through without dealing these guys and then you know oh okay the deadline is passed and then you blink your eye oh here comes another one you know yeah. everybody likes to everybody likes to get that paperwork in right at the buzzer yeah and then we, yeah, we end who up will blink it's like a staring contest with these well, two teams do, you know we, yeah we do like eight hours of live coverage where we have maybe five or six deals and then the last the deadline passes and then we get another 10 to come in yeah it's crazy and, and it's tough just watching all these guys leave the, the zuccarello one really was tough because then again it was another one that it sounded like hey we might make it without getting rid of him and you know the writing was on the wall that that was probably coming but yeah, but you then know. you start you get it, you start getting false hope. It's like, oh, there's only you know 30 minutes. There's 15 minutes. There's five minutes before the trade deadline. He's still here. It's like you start thinking like, well, maybe we'll hang on to him. Maybe we'll extend him. Maybe he'll yeah. be a ranger for a lot longer than we thought he was gonna be. You know? Exactly. And and yeah. then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. And then, you know, then there was a possibility we were gonna re-sign him. And then that kind of went out the window immediately. And then it's like yeah. now I'm now I'm rooting for him to sign with Dallas. So the Rangers get another draft pick. And yeah, I don't right. really want him in Dallas. I certainly don't want him in Minnesota. I'm actually going to the Minnesota Avs game on the 27th out here just to go watch him play. Nice. Um, so we specifically picked it just to, just to go watch Zook play. And, and, you know, he's my girlfriend's favorite player. and He's know, my wife's favorite player also, too. So, yeah. We, we went yeah. out for, for Christmas a couple of years ago. I got her a Sochi team signed puck, uh, Rangers Stanley Cup signed puck. Like, we got, like, every – Every different logo I could find on a puck. Team Europe for the World Championship, a Rangers practice puck. So we have like six Zuccarello pucks in the house signed by him, <laughs> all different ones. And then he's gone. And it's, you know, obviously he, you know, he is what he is. He's a scrappy little guy that they really like watch playing. Um, obviously his, his skill in the shootout was always one of my favorite things to watch him play. But again, you know, he would have been another player in the conversation about slapping the C on his jersey. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, yeah. But, you know, I, it was tough to really watch that interview with Hank last year about uh, when he when he left and bringing Hank to tears before the game. And, you know, again, it is what it is. It's 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 tough when you got to watch your friends and your favorite players leave. But, you know, that's that's the nature of sports these days. And there's nothing we're ever going to do about it. 
And just wanted to let everyone know that that is just part one of a two-part interview with Kevin LaBella. We will have part two for you at some time next week. However, tomorrow the plan is to be back here with a bonus episode for you guys. Going to talk a little bit about what happens tonight between the Rangers and the Maple Leafs. And once again, guys, thanks for joining the show. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.